0: Hi, we're here from curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a big problem with the big five personality traits, an island that's full of outrageously venomous snakes, and why wounds in your mouth heal so quickly.
0: Let's satisfy some curiosity.
1: New research may change the way we look at the big five personality traits. And this is a great example of how even with the most rigorous science, our understanding of the world is subject to change. The Big Five is also known as the five-factor model, and you've heard us talk about it before. It's the research-backed set of five traits that professionals use to measure personality. And researchers have also used them in a lot of scientific studies to analyze everything from people's leadership potential to their choice of romantic partner. You can remember the five traits by using the acronym OCEAN, which stands for openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Essentially, this model works because of a statistical method called factor analysis. It basically takes a large number of variables and groups them into a limited number of factors, or larger variables, that seem to explain each individual variable. If a lot of people take the same personality test, you can use factor analysis to tease out the few important traits that each answer maps onto. So, for example, a question about how much someone likes change would map onto openness, and a question about procrastination would map onto conscientiousness. With all this data, the Big Five model has been pretty accurate for measuring personalities and predicting behaviors, at least in developed countries. But this model has also been used in developing countries to predict some pretty high-stakes qualities, including job performance and credit eligibility. And that's where this new problem comes in. A new study published in Science Advances dove into four databases of personality data, which covered 300,000 people from 30 different countries— When the team completed the factor analysis for the Big Five in other countries and compared it to the data from the United States, there were a lot of mismatches. In many cases, the factor that a set of questions was supposed to measure actually mapped onto a completely different factor in a different country. So like in Ghana, for example, all the data sets showed that agreeableness could be explained by openness. That's a big difference. Here's part of the reason this might have happened. The Big Five was originally tested in developed countries using participants who were mostly college grads, relatively wealthy, and white. There's actually a scientific term for this population, and it goes by the acronym WEIRD. That stands for Western, Educated, Industrialized, Rich, and Democratic. The United States is weird, for example, as are places like the UK, Australia, and Germany. Now, don't panic. This study doesn't disprove the Big Five because the researchers say the mismatch could happen for a lot of reasons, from the way face-to-face interviews were conducted to cultural differences to how the tests were translated. In fact, there was less of a mismatch with online surveys, so the in-person test administrators may have had something to do with it. But whatever ends up being the case, the researchers stress that we must improve the way we measure personality before we can actually understand the effects of personality traits in developing countries.
0: Turns out people around the world are different, maybe. Who knew? Who knew? Go figure. You and I are weird.
1: Yeah, we are. I mean, I think you I think you call a country weird. You don't really call a person weird. Because I'm I'm not industrialized.
0: Yeah, you are. When I think Ashley Hamer, I think she's definitely industrialized. I'm industrialized and democratic. Yep. Yep. And rich. Could you lend me your yacht? <laughs> no, I'm using it this weekend. Oh, darn. How about the other one? All right, fine. Sweet. You know what's definitely not a weird place? Brazil's Ilha da Queimada Grande, also known as Snake Island. And it's aptly named for the fact that it's teeming with nothing but outrageously venomous snakes. According to some estimates, there's about one snake per square meter. Ready to pack your bags to visit yet? Up to 4,000 of the snakes on this island are deadly golden lancehead vipers, and theirs is one of the strongest venoms on the planet, which begs the question, why would snakes on an isolated island need such strong venom? Well, it turns out that it's birds who helped shape the evolution of the golden lancehead snake. 11,000 years ago, rising water levels turned a peninsula into an island, which left the snakes stranded to evolve on their own. There were no land predators to worry about, but no land prey either, so the only source of food was birds. So while most venomous snakes can sink their teeth into their prey and then wait for the toxin to take effect, the golden lancehead's meals will fly back to the mainland if they get half a chance. That's why their venom has to work so quickly. The fact that it's literally strong enough to melt human flesh is an unintended side effect. You might not expect that a place literally crawling with deadly snakes would require a warning, but apparently it does, at least according to Brazil's government. And their warning is not just for people. The Golden Lands Head is listed as critically endangered, and this is the only place in the world that it lives. You don't have to warn us twice. Instead I think I'll hop on a plane and head over to Turkey and visit the underground city of Derinkuyu.
1: There you go. Why is it that a cut on your finger seems to last for days, but a cut in your mouth heals so quickly? While there are a lot of factors at play, research has found one intriguing answer that could benefit more than just your mouth. There's a molecule in your saliva that can help grow new cells. Scientists already knew that saliva contains a peptide called histatin-1 that fights off bacteria and helps heal wounds. In a 2017 study, Chilean researchers set out to discover exactly how the little molecule helped heal wounds. In a series of experiments, they added histatin-1 to chicken embryo cells and several types of human blood vessel cells and watched what happened. There are several steps that have to happen for a wound to heal. New skin cells have to form and migrate from the wound's edges little by little to cover the whole thing like a Band-Aid. Active cells called fibroblasts move in too which helps to produce collagen, elastin, and other proteins that the new skin will need. The body also starts regrowing blood vessels, which boosts blood flow to the wound and makes it heal even faster. It turns out that histatin-1 does all of that. Not only does it make new skin cells migrate and attach themselves to the wound, but it actually helps to grow new blood vessels. So if saliva heals wounds, should you lick yours? Unfortunately, no, because your mouth is full of germs. But you've got the right idea. The Chilean researchers hope to use histatin-1 molecules to create new materials and implants that could help speed up wound healing in the future. And now let's recap what we learned today.
0: Today we learned the big five personality traits may not be as reliable in non-weird countries, but researchers are working on ways to improve their methods.
1: And that Brazil's Snake Island is literally an island of some of the most venomous snakes on the planet. And we're not going to be visiting anytime soon.
0: And that a peptide in your saliva helps heal wounds faster. And maybe researchers can use those molecules to speed up healing for other applications. Like, for example, if you wanted to coat your skeleton with adamantium and then have retractable adamantium claws. How would histatin help that? Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious.